The following episode is brought to you by the generous donations of Elizabeth Clark, Daryl Delaney, Ryan Royce, Darren Katzka, Irene Viarito, Laura Pickren, Jessica Smith, Devious Pop-Tart, Natasha Rallerson, Richard Cree, The Cam Family, Charles Compton, Dustin Troop, Rebecca Miller, Edvard Arnoff, Michael Clark, and David Scrams, along with all of our generous patrons. Welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I'm your game master, Eric. And if you stuck around for the outro last time, you will know that I'm the only one that's going to be talking because we ran this kind of like a one shot and neglected to take our normal breaks. Don't worry. We've heard the feedback and the previous way that we did it is preferred. So we will definitely be going back to that once we have some new came, uh, some new episodes to roll out now that we have that information. Uh, but I guess I'll just have to ask myself what happened last time. Glad that you asked. Um, yeah, so the crew found themselves on the doorstep of a Kenneth warehouse. And after taking out the normal expected guards, uh, it seemed like they may have bit off a bit more than they could chew uh, when they were um, accosted by three Warforged guards as well as some more House Kenneth guards. Uh, we left you uh, towards the tail end of that combat, uh, the Warforged having been... Uh, taken care of, and all that's left are the Kanneth guards that are haranguing Reynard on the platform. However, before we get into that, uh, we wanted to take an opportunity at the beginning of this episode to start introducing you uh, to the members of our new campaign party uh, in a little bit more of a um, uh, controlled environment. Uh, so we are going to catch up with Hob sometime in the past before the start of this campaign. Uh, as he is on just kind of a routine job with a very talkative uh, halfling, who's also a member of the Bormar clan, uh, who Hob did, in fact, uh, kind of reveal some of his past and where he came from. So we're going to listen to that, and then we will hop into the normal episode where we left off. Hope you all enjoy. All right, Hob, it is a, uh, a typical night in um, the Lower Memphis Plateau uh, where you live. Uh, fortunately, this job that uh, you were conscripted to do by the clan uh, kept you relatively close to home. Um, your your job basically is you are currently looking at walking a few steps ahead of you, um, an already too inebriated halfling um, named Vigo, who is known for uh, being a bit too loud and a bit too cavalier. Uh, with his actions when he goes out drinking and gambling. Um, so, yeah, you're you're keeping an eye, making sure that he's not bumping into the wrong people and, and looking to get stabbed or anything like that. All right. Um, so tell me, like, um, is this the typical kind of job that you kind of envision Hob being sent out on? Is more of these, like, low stakes babysitting style missions or like what, what does Hob normally do for the clan um, what, when, what, when they conscript him like this? What Hob normally does with the clan is say yes. So <laughs> Fair enough. he gets the big flashy, you know, go out and fight missions uh, when they come because he is, by no means is he probably the best combatant the clan has, but he is just this big honking bruiser of a dude who can go out there and do some things if he needs to. But, you know, like I said, his primary job is <clears throat> enforcing protection rackets and making good on the protection claims if they need to be made good on. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if somebody from the Boromar family says, my 
a-hole kid wants to go out and party and I need you to make sure he makes it home safe, then Hob gets up and goes. I, you know. Yeah. I also feel like, um, especially given a, a criminal organization made up primarily of halflings, um, Hob probably serves pretty good as a deterrent as well. Having somebody of your size and general demeanor nearby can diffuse a lot of situations before they even get started. Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know, Sean. I don't know. Like, we're not so low that we're down there with all of the monstrous races where we, there'd be a bunch of other guys of my, my size, right? Like minotaurs and stuff. So. Yeah, you're not you're not fully in the cogs. There's there's a little bit of overlap. You're starting to the shifters and things like that are starting to become a bit more common, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly not the predominant um, presence they are in the cogs. Right. Yeah. By and large. I'm not, I think on these sorts of jobs, Hob is, oh, a preventative measure more than a defensive measure. Okay. And also, Um, I think a lot of people around here know who he is and what he does because they see him walking around these neighborhoods to, so like, it's not just like, oh, that guy's big. It's like, oh, they call him Hob and he's scary. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he'll, he'll wreck you. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, not so much. <laughs> sometimes his his uh, gauntlets get overcharged and he whiffs for a while. But, hmm. um, um, okay. Well, um, so as you're walking down the street, uh, you do see Vigo kind of stumble and uh, stumble forward into somebody that was walking in front of him, uh, and kind of chop block their their knee a little bit, um and cause them to stumble and you see the person stumble and like straighten up and turn around. And it's this, uh, this human man with dark Brown hair and like the sideburns that come down and connect into the mustache, the, uh, the dumb, dumb Dugan look from, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Marvel comics. Um, man, what a and, good character. <laughs> uh, he quickly kind of turns and closes in on Vigo um with clearly malicious intent uh so so what's your go-to method to defuse this particular situation how far am i from them like a couple oh, of feet yeah i mean maybe six feet back just to kind of give vigo space but yeah and vigo's still on the ground like he's tripped and fallen and this guy spins around or... <laughs> yeah he's on the ground okay i mean in that case the the one thing that Hob knows for sure, and he learned it the hard way, is everything you do in these situations cannot be at the expense of the pride of the person you're taking care of. Mm. Even though Vigo is the little crap kid, uh, or not kid, but you know he's the he's the bratty heir. Yeah, he's still named Boromar. You know, yeah, and so that's something that Hob has learned. So I think what Hob does is. Uh, he walks up, cat- catches up, you know, two steps. And he puts his hand down to aid. He doesn't pick him up or anything. He puts his hand down to aid Vigo. And he says, Oi, boss. Uh, you want some help up? Yeah, I don't know where that, that rock came out of that I stumbled on. And he, like, kind of reaches up and grabs your wrist and pulls himself up. And at that point, he notices the, uh, the large... Oh, well... <laughs> normally Larger, large yeah, yeah. yeah um human male um even even large for a human but still mm-hmm. not big compared to you right and i think i think huff says something oh yeah no uh yeah i saw that rock definitely must have uh must have scurried off um let's get you up then <laughs> oi you made me spill my drink the human male says at vigo is it you my twin <laughs> Brother, our voices are clearly very different. <laughs> I have a slight accent. I th- I think I unintentionally do as well. So <laughs> so there. Um, sorry, what did he say? I was busy messing with you. <laughs> Oi, you made me spill my drink. <laughs> oh, this is something. Uh, it, were we to have story points, I would flip one and say Hob definitely has petty cash. For this night, for these oh, reasons, yeah. 
So I think Hob just pulls out a couple of gold, which is way more than a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's one gold. I think I think Hob pulls okay. out one Hob pulls out one gold and he says, Oh yeah, no, we're uh, we're real sorry about that. Um here, have one on on, on behalf of the Boromars. And and holds the gold coin out to him. The the large uh, human man is kind of disarmed at this and kind of stops and looks at you and looks at the halfling. Um, Vigo is already like his side has moved on to the next thing that he wants to go do. Um, and so Vigo kind of like uh, starts to stumble away as the man reaches up and takes the gold coin and pockets it and just kind of glares at you as he turns around and walks away. I, I, I go back behind Vigo. Like, okay. Uh, it, uh, Vigo takes off and stumbles up some stairs into a casino. Um, and that's it. Okay. Um, oh, wow. I hope, <laughs> you know, well, go ahead. Hob is, you want some, you want some, some character development here. I'll kick it out for you listeners. Hob is professional. Hob is tactical. And Hob is professional. When he is working, he takes care of the thing needs taken care of in the quickest, easiest way possible. And giving a drunk guy a gold piece and saying who you are and being as Mm -hmm. big as you are, eight times out of ten is going to handle the situation. Works well for Hob. Yeah. Um, Well, I I hope you all enjoyed this little micro scene before we kick into the main episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed doing it, Jeff. Um, It was fun. but. Yeah. Uh, it One of these been days quick I'm going di- to dial in a voice. <laughs> it would have been quick and painless if we hadn't chatted for like an hour and a half beforehand. But That hour um, was painful. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thank you all, and I hope you enjoy the episode. And I'm Jeff. <laughs> all right. We have the minion group up, so they're going to try to take out Reynard again. <laughs> Good. Um. They're going to spend a story point to upgrade their check. No. Okay. <sighs> Gosh. Hey, so that... At least there's no advantage. I, I'm way more scared of advantage on bad guy rolls than I am success. Oh, no, right? So that's... You're not the one getting stabbed. <laughs> Six, I've already been knocked Three success. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so that's going to be six damage. So before your soak. So be sure to take your soak out of it. Um... And now we're on to next PC slot. Who would like to go? Kill, kill them, Hob. Kill them. Yes, Hob, Hob, Hob is going to see that there's only a couple of bad guys left. And he's still, you know, once I bring these fists out, I can't put them away until they taste blood. That's just, <laughs> they won't go away. Okay. So he's going to rush over to the minions. Let me, let me roll. And if I succeed, I'd like to narrate what happens. Okay. So... I will use a maneuver to... Nope, because that's a boost. I can't use it anyway, so there's no point. Uh, Okay, you know what? I I will, though. uh, So it's a maneuver to get to them, yes? Yes. I will use two strain to pull out my staff. Okay. And let's see how it goes. Are you set? I am set. Okay, Yay. so that's one success and four advantage. Okay, so um, you, you you could crit with this, so that's seven damage total that you've dealt, mm-hmm. um, which is enough to to take out one of them. So you could use the four advantage to crit and take out the other one. Okay, um, in that case, <clears throat> I, I think what he d- I, I am going to do that. By the way, okay. So what he does is he's running over. You see him reach behind himself, uh, just like He-Man style, over his head. He pull out his staff and just in one hand, because he's just so big, just starts spinning it like one would with two hands, and just I mean, he's he's just repeatedly. I think you might have to be pulled off of them. He's just it's spinning so fast. They're getting hit so many times. And he's just so mad. And he doesn't really get It takes get all mad. of us to pull him off. Like, this is, and I'll say that this is, you, you don't see Hob angry like this often. Only when things go totally pear-shaped does he lose control in a fight. Okay. <clears throat> so who's going to try to pull Hob off? 
Well, Reynard says, Well, good show, old chap. That makes up for the first part of this mess, doesn't it? Hob looks at Reynard. <laughs> he doesn't say anything <laughs> this time. But that is what Reynard gets him just... to stop. That's what gets him to move his attention off the off the two guys that are <laughs> Yeah. And Reynard okay. takes a step backward. Hob <laughs> <laughs> grunts. Um, okay, so now that we're uh, out of combat, um, real quick, you all can um, make a um, a discipline or cool check to recover strain. It's just simple, right? Yes. I so have no a thing that recovers more strain, but I didn't yep. take any strain. Oh, thank goodness. So you get three strain back, Eris. Milo, you get two. I need to roll. Sorry. Discipline? Or or uh, cool, whichever one's better yeah. for you. I believe discipline is better for me. Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time better. <laughs> okay, so two strain recovered. So uh, <clears throat> as everyone's starting to sort of breathe, Eris puts the gun back down on its harness and, and goes over to, uh, to Hob. Um, and really not paying attention to whatever Hob is doing, um, sort of tries to grab his arm to look at the bracer. Hold on, let me see what I did wrong. Um, and starts messing with the sigils that she put on the on the bracer, attempting to fix whatever she overclocked at the beginning. Okay. Um, Hob, Hob, Hob absolutely just lets her, like he just take, this is a thing, this is what they do. Okay, Milo is 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 Milo able to keep the barrier up still, or so now that we are out no. of a combat encounter and are going to be for a while. Um, typically, any concentrated spells uh, cease. Okay, um, so, um, but okay. Milo, you did did you take any ranks in medicine? Um, I think I have. I have one rank, and I also spent all my 50 silver on a healer kit. Okay, so... Because um, I think they're five gold, so... Okay. Um, so, you could make a medicine check on Hob to try and recover uh, one of his crits, if you want. Oh, I, would, um, I would definitely like to do that. Okay. And I have one, too. Nobody asks. <laughs> I'm just saying. What does the healer kit do for me? Does that like make it less difficult? I assume. Where did you get the healer's kit from, Randy? What book was it in? I bet it's never in mind. What? I never mind. I'm D and D on the brain. I was thinking D and D and D and D prices. There's an apothecary's kit. Okay, that's um um. Allows your character to perform medicine checks to heal a wound and critical injuries without penalty. Um, and that How much costs does it cost? 150 silver. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do um, not have that. So I don't have anything that I was thinking I might have had. Um, so presumably that counts as like having a med bay with you or something like that. Now you could have picked up uh, a set of herbs of healing. That's 50 silver. Um, that will allow you on a medicine check to add an automatic success and advantage to the result if you want. But it's yeah, a one-time, it's would... a one, one and done thing. And how much are they? 50. So you'd be using all your funds. Yeah, let's just go with what I got. Okay. So um, the difficulty on this is going to be... Um, one difficulty since you're doing it to somebody else. Um, well, okay, you're trying to do the crit, the heal the critical injury. So that's two purple. Um, would you like to spend a story point to upgrade? Um, how many do we have? You have, we have three. three. Yeah, I want to go ahead and help my friend out here. So yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay, so that's an upgrade. Um, does anybody else have any, um, ranks in medicine? Nope. No. I can't imagine I do. Hang on. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking somebody could assist, but if not, then that's fine. Um, okay. So I have it all set for you, Randy, so you can go ahead and roll. 
Nice. Ooh, okay. So for success. So I'm going to say with that triumph, um, I would let you go ahead and heal both the critical injuries on Hob um, if you want. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, you know, Hob looks after Milo a lot. So he definitely is going to, you know, this is his way to help back. So, yes. Yeah. Listeners, um, at this point, you'll just have to trust Hob is a good protector. <laughs> um, okay, and Randy, um, I'm going to say with the two threat, because of the stress that you're undergoing, having seen Hob go down like that, and you're kind of frantically trying to get him better, um, go ahead and suffer two strain. Okay. Um, and as you all are recovering and getting everything taken care of, um, Sigil, that was concerning. Um, that does seem to be a lot of, uh, <clears throat> that does seem to be a lot of guards for, um, I mean, what do we expect to be in this warehouse other than the manifest? Just, uh, um, just more weapons? That is, according to the briefing, all that should be in here is just some basic weapons raw material for House Kenneth uh, and shipping manifests, with one of which we need to get. And those Vorforge seemed um, rather strong for yes. their house guards. I'm yeah, not I'll sure... Say. I I suspect we we should tread lightly, not literally, but metaphorically. Um, we need to be a bit careful. But I suppose threats have been taken care of, so let's figure out where we need to get the manifest. Um, can I? Hob wants to take just a second and look back out the doors they breached. And just be like, yep. okay, there are way too many. This was bigger than we expected. Are other people coming just just to cover their butts? I don't know if, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying I want to make a perception check. I want to be vigilant. Okay. Uh, and looking behind us. Okay. Um, uh, Eris will, Eris has a, a, a yellow scarf around her neck, and she would have done this at the beginning, but things popped off rather uh, abruptly. Um, she now fixes that up around her face as as her um, this is her crime disguise. She, <laughs> okay, uh, she puts a yellow scarf over her face too, so that you can't identify her except by her blue hair and face tattoo and extremely unique weapon and side side haircut. Yeah, um, uh, is there a, is there a desk anywhere? So um, as you all enter the warehouse, so Hob, are you saying that you're just like? being mindful or are you staying back and keeping watch i think what what i'm gonna do is i'm going to be constantly looking at the last door we came through so when, okay. when everybody goes into the office i'm going to stand at the office door and look at you know kind of that thing okay they don't need hobbs help finding the list gotcha um okay so you all walk into the warehouse there's a large amount of crates it's it's a sizable warehouse um the ceilings are maybe a little bit taller than what you would have ex expected um but other than that you can't discern any reason why the level of security would have been present that was present for this warehouse um, um and, unless somebody knew that you all were coming for some reason is there anything distinct about the warforged once we've cleared the debris out of our way um is there anything that marks them out as distinct from from I realize that Warforged are not identical, but yeah. is there anything about these Warforged that looks unusual in the way that Sigil appears unusual for a Warforged? Are these? So these these three appear to be um, fairly rank-and-file models of, of Warforged, the infantry type that you would see most commonly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, every Warforged has a, has a unique Gulra, the marking on their forehead. Um, mm -hmm. So these three have their unique marking. Um, but other than that, um, they they seem they don't seem to be bigger than normal. Uh, there's no reason why they would have been as strong as they were, uh, based on their their appearance. Um, 
so just, you, just experienced then just just scared. yeah yeah that's okay. the best that you can you can figure out um okay. so um sigil is kind of leading the way through the warehouse looking about very um uh, methodically um eris is eris has her weapon out and she's covering him and following him through okay reynard milo what are you all doing as you navigate the warehouse I mean, I'm looking. Milo's looking for like an office, someplace you know that they yeah. may have obviously kept the manifest. Yeah. Um, I think Reynard is is just kind of slightly inconspicuously just looking over the the bodies of the minions to see if they have any gold or anything. <laughs> okay. Um. So as everybody's kind of pulling up the 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 gate door and um, checking out the war forge and stuff, Reynard. Um, do you want to try to do it without the rest of the party knowing, or do you care about that? I don't really care. Okay. So I'm, I'll just say that you can, you can grab their money bags and um, just giving a quick cursory glance. Uh, you estimate that there's maybe like 15 silver uh, uh, amongst the minions uh, that you took out. The war forge don't have any money on them. Um, but the, the three guards, it's a modest life being a house half canis guard. They they don't pay particularly well. Um so um so yeah, you Milo, um you're specifically looking for it as a sigil kind of you all spot the office door um leading into a back area. Um it is it is unlocked. Uh there's no lock to it because all the security is at the front door. <laughs> um so you all find a modestly sized office, a lot of papers, um, and also some kind of runic um, writings on the desk and on the wall. And you see a large, um, a large wall safe that's probably six and a half feet, feet tall, um, with some very intricate. It looks like some arcane locks um, on the front of it. So. Barris is definitely only interested in that cool wall safe. She walks over and starts examining it. Okay. Um, So basically the desk and the runic markings on that is kind of an inventory log of things that have come into the warehouse. So you might be able to find, um, ironically, a manifest of the manifest and where it might be stored or what level of security it's undergoing. Um, You can obviously work on unlocking the safe. That's also an option. Um, So... Uh, Milo, is, is there anything that draws your attention? Um, I'm going to say the the desk that may give information on the manifest. Okay, um, so you you immediately kind of run into um, arcane safe walls, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, some some arcane locks to hold more than just cursory information. You're able to see what's in a lot of the crates and it's what you suspected. Mundane armor, swords, um, arrowheads, things like that. Um, it makes sense for manufacturing. Um, but um, the, it would require some level of like skullduggery to get past these arcade locks. You can call me over. I was about to say... Milo yeah. would call Reynard over to have him okay. come and check these out. Okay. Um, so it's it's fairly simple security. This is a, a low um, low on the total pole warehouse, but um, there were some recent upgrades that's going to cause an upgrade on this check. So it's gonna your difficulty is one red die on the skullduggery check. Um, now, Milo, since you're right there, your knowledge in the arcane arts. Um, you could p- give him a boost die by assisting on the check if you like. Definitely. Okay. So, Reynard, go ahead and roll Skullduggery. Oh. Nice. We did it. Okay. So, um, that's a success. So, you managed to take down all of the um, all the safeguards guarding the information. Um, with that triumph... Uh, with the the threat, let's just say you suffer um, a point of strain, Reynard. Um, okay. Just because it's it's a tense situation. Um, As stressed. With that triumph, um, you you notice um, a 
this is just too perfect. Um, you notice a file pretty deep in the ar arcane listings um, that literally just says safe code. <laughs> um, Outstanding. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, I'd be willing to bet it's under this one then. Um, so you, you obviously, um, you all are able to also locate the manifest with that check. Um, it was under a level security, but not a deep one. Um, but in, in the safe code, um, section, you, you literally find the code for the safe on the wall, Reynard. So, um, you can pass that along to Eris, uh, and Eris, since you're already at the safe, you can unlock it. Eris visibly slumps when Reynard announces that he has the code for the safe. <laughs> well, I'm then, sorry to have taken all the fun out of it. <laughs> and then punches it in. Um, okay, so yeah, you're able to manipulate the um, the sigils and runes uh, to line up, and uh, you hear a and the door slowly swings open. And um, Go ahead. It sounded like I interrupted you. Well, uh, what's in the safe is possibly one of the things lower on the list that you would expect when you open a safe. Um, in that, a bunch uh, of snakes. It, yeah, just ton of snakes. Um, no, um, you see a room beyond it. Um, a, a fairly large room with a large thing in the middle of it, kind of glowing and humming with arcane energy. Okay, so room is in. It's just like the, the interior of the safe is really big, or this is another like office space. Uh, is there this, furniture in here? This no, this was a door disguised as a safe, basically. Okay. Um leading into a whole other room. Um it's not an office space though. It it is okay. clearly a containment facility for some sort of eldritch machine that has been tucked away back here. Okay, seeing that and that it's clearly humming with some sort of energy, I want to be really careful and examine for any sort of additional security measures that I might trigger by stepping into the stepping over this threshold. Absolutely. Um, you can give me a perception check to try and spot anything like that. Um, okay. Okay. So that is four success and one threat. Um, so yeah. Um, you, you don't spot any um, obvious, traps or anything that you might trigger by entering the room um your knowledge of um artifice uh indicates to you that whatever magical energy is thrumming in this device seems pretty well contained you're not in risk of like it arcing out at you or anything like that mm -hmm. um with the the threat um let's feeling horribly uninspired when it comes to a single threat um <laughs> it's, it's hard to come up with something really interesting for a single one yeah but also you're, we'll a just magic, throw it out. <laughs> you're a magic user so i also feel bad about inflicting strain on you because um you know what i'm gonna pocket it see okay. how many threat we can get built up to something interesting with then um eris will very slowly move into the room and go and examine the device in the center and see if she can figure out what its function is sigil kath and sauna are all following as well um, sure once like uh, ha, ha, once eris starts to go in hob starts to go in but definitely with everybody else moving in he's just keeping his standard yeah keeping an eye behind what he's been doing but he's definitely going into that room Milo, Reynard, are you entering as well? Uh, well Reynard's going to keep looking through the files. Milo's okay. going to go in. Milo's pulled some candy out of his pouch and he's eating it on the way. Okay. He's, I'm going to look for some maybe accounting files or something where they might have put some money. Okay. Um, steal some, wire some money to yourself from House Cannon. That's going to go super well. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, Eris leading the way, you all approach the machine. Um, you see um, a large glass cylinder kind of in the center of this machine thrumming with green energy. Um, the machine doesn't quite reach the full ceiling, although it is significantly, it, it is taller than anything else you have seen in this warehouse, uh, perhaps justifying the higher than normal ceilings. Um but you see 
it's not a full-on console. Like there's not an interface necessarily to interact with this machine. So there's not necessarily an interface to like manipulate the energy in this machine, but you right. do see um, slots where something could be slid into the machine. And three of those slots are occupied um, with what appear to be some kind of wooden schema um, that are slotted in. Can I, is it possible to examine, is it possible to determine anything about what this machine does? Uh, by examination or is that going to require experimentation not necessarily experimentation you could you could examine either the machine itself or the schema um, that are in it how um, visible are how much of them are visible would I have to take one out to examine you, it? you would in order to get a full picture you would need to take one out okay can I tell uh, whether I can remove them without causing some sort of catastrophic failure as far as you can tell the machine appears to be built with the function of putting in and taking out the schema into the slots. Okay. So then she will very carefully reach over uh, and slide out one of the, one of the schema to examine it. Okay. Um, so you see some, some marking, some runes, um, but um, what's your base intelligence? Three, three. Okay. Um, you, you can recall uh, based on your base intelligence you recognize one of the symbols as being very fresh in your mind. Um, probably the largest symbol on there, uh, and your deepest fears are confirmed when Sigil audibly gasps, recognizing the Gulra of one of the Warforged that you just attacked being on this schema. What does that indicate to me? Well, as a... You just being somebody that exists in this world and especially being a mage, right? You know that Agulra is like the fingerprint of a Warforge. It like that symbol doesn't exist anywhere else in any arcane art or mm -hmm. any language. So that means that it's it's literally impossible for this to be a coincidence. Somebody put this Gulra on this schema and input it into this machine. Um and um you could give me a um, you could give me a knowledge lore check. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to do that untrained? Um, you're allowed to do, you're allowed to make the check untrained. You just can't take ranks in it untrained. Uh, right. Un Milo yeah. is watching and looking at this very carefully. Okay. I will spend a story point and roll that down. And why not? I'm going to do the same thing. Okay. 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 So one success, one threat. Um, so based on that level of success, um, you are able to infer that um, it appears that this um, appears to be some kind of augmenting station. Like maybe the, the innate strength of these Warforged um, was being fueled by this machine. And it's, it's some way of, of enhancing them. Um, from a, a distance, almost. Um, hmm. Like but, creating a field within which they would be augmented, essentially? Well, no, because the, the schema appears to create a, a direct link oh, okay. um, to them based on the Gulra. Um, mm -hmm. So, because if it were a field, then Sigil would have felt something. Um, right. So, based on providing that information, basically, Sigil expresses a great deal of concern. This... Do you share that information, Eris? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. she's just sort of talking talking herself through it out loud. This shouldn't be possible or allowed. Creating a direct link to a Warforged in this way, uh, the schema appear to just be a Warforged identity or uh, a direct link to them. Would it allow them... To be controlled. I, without more information, um, without more research, I, I would have a hard time being able to tell. Hmm. But Worth taking these? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Warforged at the door aren't going to need them anymore, so um, we so might as well. She will slot all of them out and stick them in a satchel or whatever she's got slotting the last one out you see the magical energy not not dim completely but definitely lessen like it's 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 in hibernate mode 
Is, is this there... dangerous? Do you think, Sigil? No, it, it appears to be a fairly standard eldritch engine of some kind. Um, it Would it be something worth sabotaging if we could? I don't know. Um, presumably any kind of sabotaging. Uh, my, my fear would be if we did a subtle sabotage to affect the function of the machine that it could harm any warforge that they put the schema in connected to their gulra. And any overt sabotage could possibly cause an explosion right here and now, which is also not preferable. No, that's probably true. So I would possibly than... know how to subtly sabotage it. Well, but like I said, I, don't I want to I... hurt any Vorforge that would be connected to it. This is true. Um, you you see just or um mm, mm, everyone not speaking in that exchange. So Reynard's still looking. So Hob, give me a perception check. Well, guys, not my strong suit. You notice nothing. Uh, it's a complete wash. It's the worst roll. Um, worst roll in the game. I forgot to open my eyes. Uh, <laughs> there's you just don't care. Like it's a wash. Like you're you're worried about what's happening behind you. Uh, anything else you all want to examine with this machine? There there appears to be nothing else in this room. This appears to purely be a holding room for this Eldritch engine. I think we've probably, I mean, Reynard, did you find the um, manifest? Yes, I, I, I did. I, a while back, I guess I should have given that to you earlier. <laughs> then I, that's all we came here for, right? Yes. yes. So Sid Sigil says we are with now, great concern. We are now so we are now simply <clears throat> endangering ourselves by staying longer? During this exchange, Reynard, give me a vigilance check. Oh good. Vigilance? Oh and, um, and Hob, you're right near the door, so you can give me one too. That seems okay. Okay, so I that's mean, it's one success. success and one threat. Hob, are you gonna roll as well? Yes. Means you did vigil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Hob. Do you yes. have strain on you right now, Hob? Do I what? Do you have strain right I, now? I might have one. Let me scroll back up. Uh, you can, no, you can I don't. recover. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, I don't. Um, How about I just put it in my pocket and build some up for later? <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. Oh, um. No. <laughs> um Okay, um, well, we will just, um, we can save that advantage and give a boost to the next check that a PC makes. That rule. Um, Reynard, you suffer one point of strain from your threat. And you also, thanks to your vigilance check, um, you um, you hear footsteps. So I was right. Um, there are footsteps coming. Or going? I don't know. They, they are getting louder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are footsteps approaching. They're going, but he's getting angrier. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, Reynard is giving you a warning um, that there are footsteps approaching. So, Milo um, has expressed a desire to hide. Is that what you said, Randy? If it's obvious that, like... The footsteps are so close that we're not escaping. There's going to be an encounter of some kind. I mean, Milo would like to hide and then get to jump on something if he needs to. Okay. Basically to Should... hide so he can surprise a bad guy. Shouldn't we? <laughs> right. Bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't... The other bad guys. Shouldn't we get back to the, shouldn't we get back to the skiff? I'm all for that if we're able. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we got the list, let's go. Staying here well, is no good. I don't know. Maybe it's a friend coming. That seems that seems very unlikely. Uh, highly doubtful. I'm just, just I, trying to help. I don't think 
Hobb and Reynard have the sort of relationship where he could grab him by the back of his collar, but he wants to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so how are we doing exiting the office? Because the footsteps have stopped. Like, they're not getting louder and louder and louder. Um, but there there were footsteps in the warehouse. So, um, Reynard, are you all just... You, Reynard, can you see what's out there? Well, I am fairly stealthy. I guess I could um, try and make some kind of check. That would be at least useful. Okay. One success, Yay. one threat. Um, okay. You're stressing out a little. So one strain, Reynard. Okay. Um, and you managed to poke your head out of the office door and kind of sneak around some of the crates and look. Um, and you see... Um, some more Warforged soldier, soldiers. These are these have swords, though, and they don't seem to be oh. the same. Like, obviously, you all accounted for all of the augmented Warforged Ghoulras in that machine. Um, so, um, yeah, you see um, two groups of three Warforged and one um, human woman with them. Um and you you sense that you are looking at a woman after your own heart because you see that she's kind of like adjusting her pose while waiting for you all to round the corner, like trying to be in the most like threatening stance possible, but clearly concerned about that. Okay. Well, I guess I need to relay this information to my friends. Yep. So do I need to stealth check again to get back no, to them? No, absolutely not. Okay, okay, <laughs> good. Uh, so I go back to them. Okay. And um, uh, I say, well, we have company. What there does are, that mean? Uh, there are more Warforged with uh, swords this time. Swords. And, um, <laughs> you're welcome. Swords. <laughs> And oh, a woman who's doing her best to look intimidating. Is there a way by them? No. Without them seeing us? You you, you walked through the um, the warehouse, Milo, so you know there's one way in, one way out. Okay. You could attempt to sneak out. Like, obviously there are crates and stuff, it is just going to be hide under a crate. Very difficult. And walk. Especially very for your carefully. Seven foot tall companion. Well, I guess we should just go confront them. Uh, I only have four health. Um, Not feeling so well, Reynard. Uh, Milo, you can make a medicine check on him to heal heal some of his wounds. Let's do that. Okay. So you have, so you only have four wounds left before you hit your threshold? Yeah. Okay. So, and what's your total amount? 11. 11. So that is going to be a difficulty of uh, two difficulty. Um, and... Yeah, uh, if you'd like to spend a story point, you can, Milo, or you can just roll. Well, <laughs> you healed four strain. Well, I needed that. Um, I only needed three, but... Hey, something. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, you do not heal any wounds. So you feel comforted by Milo's efforts, but not any more healthy. Looks um, like I'm going to be sticking well, to my ranged weapon then. <laughs> well, we should... Um, we should make for the skiff, right? We should, even if we have to fight our way out, we should make for the skiff. I say that's our only choice. I'm still not sure why we're not already there. Well, lead the way, big fella. Here I go. <laughs> I round the corner and I see this woman looking increasingly more intimidating with each pose change she does. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so are you stopping Hob, or are you just like I going can't, for it? I can't imagine. Good I day. 
I can't imagine <laughs> I try to blow past her because that would leave everyone out behind me open to being attacked <laughs> by her. Um, I just so, check her. I just check her in the shoulder like some jerk in the hallway <laughs> and keep moving. Knock her books out of her hand. Um, <laughs> I assume her as, shoulder doesn't come up to mine. Uh, n- nobody's shoulder <laughs> you, comes up. To you hip. Shoulder. You you hip check her in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um. So as you all round the corner, um, she regards all of you. Looks like you all found yourself in some place you're not supposed to be. Oh no, it's Harley Quinn. Uh, well, hello, Harley. <laughs> you took a wrong turn. <laughs> so it's all right. We'll just wait here till Batman shows up, and we'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe I can use my charm to trick her. Although I think tricking is deception, but <laughs> oh. yeah, you, you kind of gave away the plot on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say. Ah, uh, oh, yes. Yes, we did. We were not supposed to be here. Here's the thing. Any, if, uh, uh, bad. It's totally a mistake. Let me if look. you want to try that, Trevor, you can. Is this not <laughs> McDonald's? I mean, my loom would work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you do want to try that, Trevor, you'll get an automatic two more advantage on whatever you roll. Perfect. Is that just charm check or no? Uh, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Uh, it's a deception check, Trevor, because you're lying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Ooh. you get two automatic advantage because of Jeff's coercion, because mm-hmm. um, he's spooky looking. Um, I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade that. I like to think I have a rank I, in. I like to think deception. that she doesn't. She didn't know who had made it in. So when the first thing she sees come out of the office is a shirtless, seven foot tall Goliath, that's why. The, <laughs> that's why the extra advantage is coming in. It, it was surprising. Yeah, she's she's off put a little bit by that. Um, Okay, Trevor, the difficulty is set for you, so you can go ahead and roll. All right. Okay. Eris mm. does not come around the corner at this point because Eris has goggles and a face mask, which might make it hard to play the whole, oh, we are just in the wrong place card. <laughs> um, I just say to her, yes, um, we did stumble in here accidentally. Um <laughs> Stumbled right past all these dead guys. <laughs> Things were not. We heard a ruckus and came in. There you go. Um, uh, responding. Things to didn't it. go well for them, so we're on our way. Okay, so um, we are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Poor, so, I feel bad for Eric right now because this is <laughs> this is such an implausible thing that we've attempted to do. <laughs> Well, and yet we have succeeded. So you've got to like that's such a hard thing as a GM to figure out what to do. Basically, it's a it, we, we we have stumbled into a social encounter. So you right, inflict right. some strain on her. She doesn't like believe you outright at this point. Like it like she's curious at this point as to like what you're on about. Um, she she doesn't innately disbelieve you um, with those two threat. Wait, don't they cancel mm-hmm. out with my two advantage? Oh, fair enough. Thank you. So, um, so you just do it. You just you just did it. <laughs> yep. Um, did so we, did we just do it? She kind of balks at you and says, "I see." So, where did you think you were? Maybe I can help you find your way home. Um. Well, like I said, we heard we heard a ruckus and stopped our um, our vehicle outside, and I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. And clearly, everything is not okay. Um, and we checked the office just to make sure no one was dead in there as well. And we're on our way back to we're going to the theater. <clears throat> okay, but here's the thing. It's unfortunate that uh, somebody that stumbled into somewhere that they weren't supposed to be um, saw what you all saw, because that means I can't rightfully just let you go traipsing about telling anybody and everybody about the things that you saw. If you see what I mean. Uh, We didn't see anything. I, I, I don't know. 
Who are you? What? Who are you all? Um, <laughs> I don't know if this will end up mattering. Okay. But while this conversation is is occurring, can Eris slip back into the office and attempt to reactivate all of the magical defenses that we disabled? Which magic? Oh, when you were initially unlocking the door. Yeah, so like relock the safe. I mean, I assume relocking the safe is fine because we didn't actually break anything. We just punched in the code. Yeah. Um, but just make it appear that we didn't magically hack the place. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can do your best. Um, I mean, basically, getting past the arcane locks, you could, yeah, back back out of them. Um, right. So yeah, you could do your best to to cover your tracks. Go ahead and I would just like to make it slightly more plausible when yeah <laughs> when Trevor inevitably tries to go saw what. <laughs> um, okay, in terms of what is this skill that's artifice going to be, is this like a utility artifice use? Um, yeah, but I with difficulty, that. which is unusual for utility, I know, but still. utility uh, can have one difficulty. Um, okay. Sometimes, so uh, yeah. Um, are you are you all set for me? I am all set for you. Okay. Um, you're kind of stressed about it, so take one strain. Um, and I I take strain even for utility, right? That's that's not. Oh, actually, that was an Arcana check. Oh, oh, or oh, an artifice yes. check. Yes, it was. It was a magic check. Um, that's worse. It just means um, double, right? So it's two threat, isn't that? Two threat or one a... wound. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just do two strain. Two, two additional strain? Okay. Yep. Um, but you do manage yeah, to cover ma your I own mean, tracks. That makes a lot of sense to me. She's trying to work really fast, put yeah. everything back. Um, has she done that and come back out now? That's going to take know. a I'll, little bit of time. Yeah, so I'll this will be it to Eric how long that converse, how long that takes. Yeah. Concurrently with uh, he, he, the conversation. Here's my thought. Hob is watching Reynard talk, sees uh, Eris go back. As soon as she comes back out the door, Hob is just going to be like, all right, let's keep moving. Just try to shepherd everyone past this woman until she does something besides talk to us about how we... Well, I can't let you leave. Well, then we're going to try and you can try to stop us is kind of where Hob's at. Okay. Um... <clears throat> How are the rest of you going to respond to Hobbs saying, all right, let's go? Is that happening now or is, is the conversation with Reynard going? The, the back further? and forth with Reynard continues as you try to, um, as, as you clean up. Uh, but Trevor, unless you're going to inject something new into the narrative other than, oh me, oh my, we, we didn't mean to be here. Uh, we can just <laughs> I thought this continue was the bathroom. <clears throat> I was just going to say Reynard stops talking after, after he says, and that is how um, guacamole was introduced to Sharn. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> what? Okay, so he was the, just talking. <laughs> she kind of snaps and points and the Warforge go to block the door. <clears throat> All right. No need to rush off. There is a need to rush off. How many Warforged are there? Um, six, two minion groups, though. So they're they're not right, as I'm, threatening as the three that you encountered. Okay. As soon as they flank to uh, to do that, I'm going to enact my heroic ability. Okay. So just, you can use a maneuver to take out one of the groups. Just drop three of them. Just... I, I, okay. think, I think what I do is please, I... Please describe. Oh, I here's, here's, here's exactly what's going to happen. She says, oh, you don't have to leave so soon. I look at her. I turn around. I look at all these Warforged. Hob literally gets down into a three-point stance. Rushes at them. Just scoops three of them up in this big tackle. Slams against the wall knowing that the three of them stacked up against his shoulder. He can go as hard as he wants, and his head's not going to touch the wall. He's fine. And just essentially, at the very least, puts enough pressure on that center mass area that they're all knocked out, if not crushed, sternumed, well, or whatever Warforged have there. I, I, 
I crush them like a cans against the wall in that because they are warforged. Eris just sort of stares. Kavalar, man. And I do. I, and I think. I think Hob brushes literally brushes his shoulder off because there's like <laughs> cogs on it or some crap now. <laughs> and looks at the other three warforged standing there in their group, and he looks back at the woman and his assembled group near her and says, "No, I think it's pretty soon. We got to go." Yeah. End of episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can head on over to the Facebook group, The Geek Pantheon. Uh, we also have a Discord, The Geek Pantheon. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, or our website, thegeekpantheon.com, uh, where all of the episodes drop absolutely first. Um, we also have a Patreon. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our amazing Patreon community, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegeekpantheon. We have quite a few different tiers. Um, if you want to hop in at any of those and enjoy the uh, the benefits that our awesome patrons get. Um, we're also proudly part of the D20 Radio Podcasting Network. If you head on over to d20radio.com, you will find the best little gaming blog on the interwebs. And if you click on the podcast tab, you will find all of the awesome shows on our network, um, including The Forge Podcast, which is a Genesis role-playing game podcast dedicated uh, to the Genesis role-playing game, role-playing game system, as well as all of the fan creations put up on The Foundry. Uh, where they take a deep look and interview authors over there. Uh, So definitely go give them a listen as well as all the other awesome shows on the network. And yeah, uh, once again, thank you all so much for listening. I am your Game Master Eric, and I will see you next time. (laughs) 